Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Season Gaming Bitcast. This is episode 28, and today we've got a lot to talk about and a lot to cover. So I am joined by Dan and Bert. As usual, Bert's actually coming to us from Stockholm today. So if you think he looks a little different, uh, it's not just you. Quickly, I want to mention that uh, we, it seems like we've been away for a while, and we actually recorded our standard episode uh, about two weeks ago, but we had a lot of technical issues. It didn't come out as we wanted, and then uh, Dan and Bert decided to fly all over the world. So we have not been around for a few weeks. So apologies to our uh, our recurring listeners, but uh, we are back. And uh, like I said, we got a really good show today. So let's kick it off with the biggest thing um, that I've been waiting for all year, and that is Red Dead Redemption 2 gameplay. Rockstar finally unveiled it this week. We got six full minutes, uh, including an overview of the world, um, how the camps are going to work, some of the combat, the animations, how you'll take care of your horse, and a lot of details on that. They didn't get into the game modes or multiplayer or anything yet. That's apparently going to be coming in a second reveal here in the near future. But um, pretty much blew the world away. It's gotten a lot of focus this week, a lot of discussion. Um, I thought it was absolutely incredible, and I'm sure we can talk for a few minutes about it. So, uh, Bert, you want to start us off on your thoughts? Yeah, so it looked amazing. I actually at first was not going to watch it. I told myself I'm going to stay away from it because I wanted to go in blind. But as I heard more about it, it's more of like a tutorial of how the game works. There's not really too much story being mentioned. It talks briefly about all the different uh, modes, how, how you play, how you will affect the world and stuff like that. Looks amazing. I can't wait to play it. That's all I can really say about it. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be awesome. Love the first one. Uh, this one is just it looks crazy good. Um, and also, horse testicles. I mean, <laughs> talk about putting your details in the game. Bravo. Bravo, Rockstar. Thank you. Leave it to Rockstar. They don't miss a beat. No. So, um, Bravo. No, I, there was one scene that really jumped out to me um, when they did show the actual gameplay. Uh, well, two things. First, the lighting and the environments look absolutely stunning. And they are they confirm that it's all real-time gameplay captured on a PS4 Pro. So, uh, which is kind of crazy, right? Because it means the Xbox One X one will look even better uh, somehow. Um, but there was the lighting, and then there was also the moment when he's walking up to a house and he's shooting a few people, and he's like, he shoots with a pistol and then immediately pulls out the shotgun and like shoots two other people. And it just, the how fluid it was just looked absolutely incredible to me. It, it reminded me of uh, Last of Us 2 from E3, just how fluid the, the mechanics looked. Yeah, they also showed the, I guess, was it called bullet time or something? Yeah, or, um, dead eye, not dead eye. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I know what I you're talking about. Dead eye. It, it might eye, be dead eye. Yeah. Okay. yeah, so that that is a nice evolution of a mode that I enjoyed quite a bit, and it looks awesome. I mean, they just, he went in the slow-mo, and then it, he marked all of them, and then they unloaded all of them. It was, it was pretty awesome, so it looks really great. Yeah, it's, it's going to be one of those games I say every year that I'll be taking vacation time to play. So I'll lock myself in the basement, tell everyone I'm not here, and uh, that's all I'll do for a week. So uh, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we also got um, you know footage from another one of my most anticipated titles, and that's um, Doom Eternal uh, from QuakeCon. So QuakeCon was the uh, past couple days, and uh, we got the keynote speech from um, Bethesda's VP. Uh, I always forget his name. Is the Heinz. And uh, he brought out the Doom Eternal development team, and they walked through a long gameplay demo of that as well. So seven minutes of gameplay. It looks just as crazy as the you know the reboot from 2016, which was actually our game of the year that year. 
And um, it looks even more intense. So now you have kind of this grappling hook. The looks to be a lot of more verticality in the levels, the way you can kind of maneuver around some new weapons. And uh, it just looks, again, incredible. I mean, it seeing between Red Dead Redemption 2 and Doom Eternal, and then they also showed Rage 2 on just Smash Brothers this week, which we'll get to. It's just a crazy time for games right now. Man, I, I'm going to be broke as hell. I just got, I paid for uh, Divinity Original Sin, I got Madden, I got We Happy Few, and then all this other stuff just keeps popping up. It's going to be insane. Doom, you know, I know we kind of joked about it a little bit, but um, it's it looks good. I mean, it looked really, really good. Um, I didn't see any of the Rage 2 stuff, but I did watch the the Doom stuff, and yeah, I'm excited for it. It's a, you know, the the remastered version or the new the new one that just came out on the Xbox or the and the ps4 the reboot yep the reboot okay yeah it, that that was just fun this is a yeah, fun well. game you know and you don't get you know a lot of games are fun but it's just mindless killing and if it's more of that then for sure i'm down <laughs> sorry did you say you got madden is that what happened madden 19 yeah just yeah, bought that just... one didn't know if I heard something in my my headset yeah. that was weird, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got really really mad. <laughs> uh, Eternal looks good. We didn't see anything at E3, so we I mean they had that statue contest, but no gameplay. So we were kind of trying to see where it was going to go. Looks awesome. They did mention that multiplayer was going to be in it, but that wasn't really in the trailer. So I'm hoping that it's better this time than it was last time. Um, and it looks as crazy as it could be. It looks like a next evolution to the game, and it's cool that the consoles are going to be pushing a stronger version than the first one did. So I am very excited for it. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned stronger version because you know we eventually got the uh, Xbox One X and PS4 Pro upgrades, right? But developing from the start for those systems now, which will will be very nice. Um, it's going to be interesting again. So they announced that it's going to launch day and date on the Switch as well, and uh, it's just you see that gameplay and you know how many corners they had to cut to get the game on the switch originally like wolfenstein and and the current doom uh it's going to be interesting to see how they pull that one off but regardless still cool that it's coming to the switch on the same day as well so speaking of the switch um we also had a direct a nintendo direct this week that was entirely focused on smash brothers so obviously the switch's biggest title of the year coming in december and uh, I know Nintendo fans are just rabid for this game right now. We've got some footage uh, captured from E3 when Bert and I played it that uh, has done very well on our YouTube channel. A lot of people, you know, watching it and commenting. And uh, I'm not the biggest Smash Brothers guy. Bert certainly can speak to it a lot better than me. But I know there was a lot of excitement after this direct, a lot of more detail on the what's going into the game. And they also announced a couple of new playable characters like Simon Belmont and King Cruel, is it? King K. Rule. Um and potentially more. So uh, anything kind of notable you want to touch on there? Uh, well, Dan, I'm not sure how big of a Smash Brothers fan you are, but um, I'm somewhat of a big Smash Brothers fan. It's really fun to play when you have people over. I don't really care for it single player, so I never really play it. It looks really cool um, with, with the same stuff we saw at E3. The biggest announcements were mainly the new characters and the trailer, which got a lot of social media I guess uh, joking about Luigi dying was pretty funny because there was like rest in peace, Luigi. If you were a younger brother, this is your pretty much your hero growing up, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> you know, your, your older brother usually gets Mario, but uh, it looks pretty much like the same. Um, I, I'm kind of excited for it, but it is a port coming from the Wii U. And it's just the big the big thing about this one is the stages and the characters have just advanced way past the Wii U version. 
So uh, if you're excited for it, for me, the biggest excitement for it was actually before the Nintendo Direct, and it's the kind of the limited edition that they have coming out with the GameCube controller and the, uh, what do you call that, the attachment that allows you to put mm-hmm. GameCube controllers onto the Switch. So that's more exciting to me than the new announcement of the characters. Actually, uh, it has a, uh, they're small cases, right? But it has a steel book as well for a Switch case, which is pretty neat. Yeah, it'll be yeah. a first, I think, yeah. Yeah, I played, you know, like you said, it's more of the the local multiplayer um, playing that that yeah I never played it by myself. It was always either with my friends or with my kids. I'll sure I'll pick it up, and you know we'll play probably a crap ton of it here at the house because you know we love doing those kind of games. Um, I, I didn't watch the direct, so um, mostly because I'm not a Nintendo diehard. But you know, the switch is what it is. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, I mean, it's you know, you get a lot of ports. You know, I just want some new games, new new games. You know, I want to see what they can do. So, but yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's a it's going to sell like crazy for sure. Uh, oh yeah, without a doubt. So speaking of, uh, you, you guys are setting me up for these transitions today. So speaking of selling like crazy, Sony announced this week that they have surpassed 500 million total PlayStations sold since 1994. In fact, something like 523 million when you include the PSP and the Vita. Long live the Vita. Um, with the PS4 now reaching something like 81 million or 82 million. So it's creeping up or about to surpass where the PS3 sold in its lifetime. So it just goes to show you how well the PS4 is selling. Um, but to commemorate this, they are launching a special edition PS4 bundle uh, with a translucent blue PS4 Pro that has a numbered faceplate on it, and it comes with a two terabyte hard drive, the PlayStation camera. It's kind of all in this $500 bundle. It's going to be extremely limited. They're only making 50,000 of them in the world. And I spoke to GameStop yesterday, and uh, he told me that obviously many people are asking about it. It's going to be an online sale only on August 24th when it releases. So it's going to be one of those things where you better be on that browser in the first you know, 30 seconds, or you're never going to get one, or you're going to pay a ton of money aftermarket for it. So pretty interesting. I, I actually really like the look of it. I probably will try to get one. I'm, if I don't, it's not a huge deal, but I would like to have one. I think that that's the probably the best looking one that I've seen so far. Uh, close to the Monster Hunter World one, which I really enjoyed. Um, but 500 million PlayStations. I'm responsible for probably three or four of those for sure. <laughs> um, um, but I loved it. I mean, I, I saw it and I was just like, man, you know, this is, it wasn't even that, you know, in detailed or anything like that. It just looks really good. It just shows that, you know, if they really wanted to, they can put out some pretty cool looking custom consoles. Um, but I do give, you know, Sony credit, at least they're trying at this point, you know, I mean, I haven't really seen since the Minecraft one, you know, aside from like the ones you can win in contests where Xbox is even attempting to throw out some cool, you know, limited edition consoles. Cause I would buy them. I would definitely buy them, but yeah, <laughs> but for $500, you know, I'm going to probably pass on it only because, you know, I could trade in my pro now, but it works fine. I don't see what problem with it. And I don't really need a camera with it. Yeah. So, it's more I mean, of a commemorative bundle. Right, than yeah, anything else. yeah. But for the diehard PlayStation fans, I mean, for sure. I mean, that's, that's, that's a no brainer. Yeah. But it looks nice. Yeah. For me, there's two other consoles that I really like in the Sony PlayStation 4 life so far. And it is the 
the one that is going to be or has been even more limited than this one it's the one that was styled after the original ps1 oh yeah, yeah. i love that thing but that thing goes for thousands of dollars online yeah. and um never gonna have that one but i and then <laughs> i do i had the god of war one but i sold it and i was never able to find it again so some remorse there so i'm going to try to get this one um, the unfortunate thing is I already have a camera for it, um, and the controller is cool, so that's going to be nice. And then I'm still on the fence about the Spider-Man one. I have it pre-ordered, but I'm not sure if I'm going to keep it. Um, so <laughs> I don't really. I'm going to have all these PlayStation fours and boxes, and you know, I keep I keep thinking I'm going to find them down the road. Um, but it seems like these are becoming more and more limited. So kind of have to buy it now in order to get your hands on one. If not, you're going to be in the thousand dollar range to get one. So it's kind of you know, yeah. do or die. Yeah, it's always yeah, kind so of a toss-up. Sorry, Dan, go ahead. No, I was going to say, if you, you, know, you can at least you know, make some money off it, just hold on to it for about six months, double your <laughs> money, you'd be good to go. It's always a weird toss-up, because I was actually searching for this 500 million one before I knew it was online only on the day, and uh, I saw that Best Buy still is taking pre-orders for the Spider-Man one, which uh, you know, Amazon has sold out, but Best Buy still has them. So it's like, I, they never mentioned with the consoles how many they're making, right, except for this one. So I don't know if they learned from the God of War thing that, you know, with the anticipation for Spider-Man, if they're just going to make, you know, hundreds of thousands of those and it won't be limited. I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it, it does look really cool, though. The translucent blue is the first time they actually do something with their plastic. And the other times they just kind of skin it. This time it's actual yeah. plastic being changed. So that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so as well. And then uh, speaking of God of War, here we go again. Um Ooh. New Game Plus arriving next week, actually, or nine days from now, August 20th of this recording. Um, Sony Santa Monica mentioned that it's a uh, New Game Plus. It's not just playing the game again. It's actually going to have uh, new armors and equipment you can get. There is a new crafting material. Uh, some of the enemies that you face are going to have new moves and abilities as well. So for you God of War fans that really, really enjoyed that game, I know all three of us did. We had talked about that extensively. It's going to be a, a new experience, which is pretty cool, and I think it's nice that they're adding this for the uh, hardcore fans. All right, so final piece of news to wrap us up on the uh, news front is the fixed PUBG campaign. So the uh, PUBG Core came out and announced kind of making fun of themselves almost that for several months now they've heard fixed PUBG, fixed PUBG, and so they came out with what's essentially like Operation Health was for uh, Siege. It's a kind of a timeline and project plan for you to uh, improve the game and kind of resolve all of the outstanding issues with it uh, and bring it up to the standard that obviously the fans and you know players like us want. So this is uh, primarily focused on the PC uh, with the timeline that they laid out, but they did say that these are going to translate to the Xbox version as well. And as we know, we've been seeing the Xbox version get updated regularly. So I'm ha really happy about this. We still play the hell out of PUBG. I'm going to be playing it you know, who knows how long, but I'm really excited about all the other additions that are coming, like the uh, Sandhawk to the Xbox version, eventually the fourth winter map, and, you know, just continuing to polish it. So this was pretty cool, I thought. Yeah, I mean, keep fixing it. We love it. If the better it gets, the more fun it gets. As long as they don't change way too many things, I'm happy with it. So bring it on. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about a couple of industry updates real quick. Um, this was some big news this week, and again, we're kind of touching on God of War here, but the Initiative, which is the new studio uh, under Microsoft for the Xbox based in Santa Monica, 
this is that studio that is <laughs> was said to be quad A, so I guess the biggest budget you can imagine for their games. They've been hiring up industry talent like crazy. Uh, over the past couple of weeks, they have hired from a ton of AAA studios around the industry. And just this week, they, oh my gosh, and I didn't put the name here. I think his name is Brian Westergaard, if I remember off the top of my head, but he was one of the producers on God of War for Sony Santa Monica. And uh, he's now uh, gonna be working for Daryl Gallagher's studio under the initiative on Xbox titles. So there's some other really big name talent. I didn't write them down here, darn it, but um, that they've acquired over the past several weeks. So it, it certainly seems like if you're looking at it from a business perspective, that Microsoft is really following through on what they said, that they're gonna invest in just getting the best talent and uh, the future is gonna be bright. So real interesting on this one. Yeah, just to give you a heads up, it is Brian Westergaard. Okay. Um, but there, there's a lot of people that are moving from other talented games that are moving over to the studio. So I'm going to be super excited to see what the final product of this game is, whatever it is that they're working on. So big deal for, um, I guess, exclusivity for their Microsoft consoles. Um, and we're more than likely going to see this title in the next generation, maybe even potentially a launch title or maybe first generation title coming out. Yeah, just give me some games, man. <laughs> yeah, you just want to see the end product, right? Yeah, I, just want, I want to see what they can do. You know, if they're going to put all this money into it, no excuses. You know, True. if you're going to sit there and call it quadruple A, whatever the hell that means, you know, I mean, <laughs> just, you know, that's fine. Just show me the money. Yep. That's what I want to see, you know. Show me the money. I think that's where everyone is right now. We've been talking yeah. since last year about them kind of starting to ramp up. And then we got the E3, the studios, and the investments. At this point, it's just. Let's see it. So it'll take a while, obviously, till we get there, but it should be good, we hope. And then uh, kind of spread like wildfire across uh, industry channels this week is that the gentleman at IGN, I, I struggle calling him a gentleman, actually. Uh, Philip, is it Muchin? Is that I think pronounce it's Muchin. It? Either Muchin. Or Muchin. I can't remember. Yeah, one of them. Um, so he put up his Dead Cells review for IGN earlier in the week, and then a, um, a small YouTuber under Boomstick Gaming mentioned and kind of brought it on reddit and some other social channels that hey this guy plagiarized my video review and so ign took it down and uh yeah if you watch them back to back and kind of look at it it's pretty obvious and um ign has since fired philip he released his own statement uh which was uh is not very popular right now he's getting thousands and tens of thousands of downvotes because he really didn't take any responsibility he, he still hasn't admitted that he plagiarized um, and then since then, um, Jason Schreier over Kotaku and some other sites, they've been kind of looking through his past and they have found at least two other clear examples where he plagiarized other people's reviews from other channels, um, nearly to the word in some cases. So um, I, I think this is, um, it goes without saying, right? We're a small channel. We do writing, we do videos. And I would, if this happened to me, I'd be kind of furious. So this guy is really... Um, is really the lowest of the low in my opinion. And I hope he can't get a job in this industry anymore. I just, we don't need people like that. Yeah, I think yeah. finding another job is going to be really, really hard for him because I don't think anybody's going to want that stigma on their team at all. But I did watch the comparison that Boomstick Gaming did and it was kind of crazy how similar it was to the word and to the sentence and to the point that was being made in the IGN review. Yeah. So I'm glad IGN did their own check to make sure that it was like that. Um, funny thing for Boomstick Gaming, I think they went from 4,000 followers on YouTube to like 75,000 followers over, I think, like a 48-hour period. So good for them. But let's hope they continue to get some good content to keep coming out. 
yeah, I think this is a bunch of crap. <laughs> I mean, this here, number one, first, I don't care who you are. If you spell your name, Philip with an F I L, you know, <laughs> one. Okay, that, is, that pisses me off. No end. You know, just, I don't know why. Spell it like everybody else spells the damn thing, Philip. All right. Second of all, you know, everybody's giving IGN a lot of hell for this shit, but really, it was just this one dude. So they have IGN. I don't like IGN anyway, but it's really not them. Um, and Jason Schreer, I can't stand that dude. But, you know, I mean, while I don't agree with you know what he did, and he's kind of a piece of garbage for it, don't kick a guy when he's down. And but you know, the guy needs to apologize and actually make an apology. I watched his video. I got about halfway through it, and I was like, yeah, this guy doesn't really give a crap. No, so, he doesn't. Yeah, you know, he doesn't really care. And it, you know, and even if there are more examples. That's fine. He's not going to get hired anywhere else, you know. And if they, it, it's just like a death sentence for whoever does it. You know, nobody's gonna, nobody wants to see this stuff. And yep. you know, and it's not going to stop him from doing it again. You know, Philip. <laughs> God, yeah, that's. Um, I forget who it was that said it, but they said plagiarism is, you know, it's a choice, and if someone's done it once, they've done it a bunch of times. You just, yeah. you know, haven't found it. So, um, yeah, just. Kind of ridiculous but you're good it's a good point about ign right ign got all this flack and feedback and it's like come on guys it's a ign's a big company with a lot of people doing a lot of work mm -hmm. there they did the right thing they pulled it down they reviewed it they fired the guy and they're re-reviewing it i mean that's all you can ask of them they're doing what they should have exactly. done um, yeah, the, new, the new review was up this morning so okay uh, by brandon tyrell i think who's actually a, a really good guy over at ign so let's uh back down on the hate all right um, <laughs> and then um, let's move on and just we had one rumor that I just wanted to quickly mention because we've been talking about it uh, before and that is it's been rumored for a while that there is a uh, elite controller 2 or a revised elite controller coming from Microsoft at some point in time we still haven't seen it no official news Tom Warren who speaking of guys I don't really have a great opinion of but that's neither here nor there but he is a kind of an insider with regard to Microsoft and Xbox. And he mentioned that um, he's go headed to Gamescom next week and uh, we'll be looking at a new uh, Xbox controller. Now, he didn't specifically say Elite version 2, but we really don't know what that means. You know, what what else could it really be unless it's just some new like special edition design? But I would I wouldn't think that would deserve a, uh, a specific call out, you know, saying I'm looking at a new controller. So hopefully we see it. I know we've been talking about it for a while. Bert's had Bert just loves his elite controller. He's had the same one um, for like three years now. I'm lying. Um, but, you know, <laughs> mine works fine. Uh, I've got <laughs> three of them. sitting over. Oh, here. OK. You and Bert are in the same camp then. Yeah. Bert, well, how no, many of you now? Mine all work though. I have no problem with it. I just recently had a uh, grip issue with my first one, kind of peeled off. But luckily, I think I saw a review somewhere of the Scuff Gaming grips. I can't remember yeah, what I that think, was. Um... Hmm, I don't remember. Yeah, and I picked some of those up. No, I, I saw a really good one recently. Um, was it Gaming with Seasons? Yeah, it was something like that. I yeah, can't remember. I can't remember the name of it. You know, some weird dude, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I actually picked some of those up. They work great now. I actually picked up some of the red ones too, because I have a red elite that I kind of customized and oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, I love that elite controller. Yeah. yeah I've I mean, seen the, the, the pictures, um, of the supposed new one. I have no idea what to think of it. I just want to see it in the flesh. I yeah. hope that's what they're talking about for sure. 
Yeah, I think um, the guy who did that review that was really good, I, I was actually surprised, um, being Mexican, how well he spoke English. Wow. What's going on here? Yeah, where do you go from there? All right. Would yeah. you like to say anything on this topic? <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know. Uh, I think the video you're talking about, the guy had like a really weird angle on the on the camera. Uh, but uh, now the one thing I will say is, is that this this new Elite controller has been rumored for a very long time. I think we were even supposed to see it last E3, not this E3, and we still haven't seen anything. So. I hope that there is something because the elite controllers do have their issues as the jokes are going around. <laughs> Very funny. Um, I've had literally every single issue happen to my first elite controller that is known to happen from the bumpers breaking to the left joystick becoming kind of floaty on the inside to the grips breaking two, three times actually with re reapplied glue. However, I do have a second one that I got for my birthday um, and it has been fantastic. No issues with it at all, but you get that scuff stuff if you need a replacement. I've heard good things. Got it. Got it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, man. Let's talk about uh, new releases. We're starting to ramp up with game releases. We've got a little break here, but once September hits, we know it's going to get crazy. So I know a lot, of, a lot of us are playing through Backlog and trying to get through some of the games um, that have came out recently. So I'm going to run through these new releases real quick, guys, and then you can touch on what you're currently playing. So um, this week, We Happy Few released, game I'm very excited for. Yeah, you know, we saw it two years ago at E3, and they kind of redid the game and the story. And um, sadly, it's come out to less than stellar reviews. It's currently sitting at a 64 on Open Critic. But a lot of the people that I've seen playing it, and I know Dan, uh, I'll look for your comments on this because I saw you playing it. But um, it, they're kind of saying that you know it's got its faults, it's got its issues. But there, there, a lot of people have said this is going to be a future cult classic. Like it's very unique it's very kind of charming in a way and it's got a lot of uh, cool things about it so we'll we'll touch on that shortly madden 19 as the joke already came out is out uh sitting at an 81 rating which i guess is pretty good uh, i have heard good things about the rpm mechanics which is real player motion they're using the same type of thing in nhl this year which uh, i've wrote about this week as well Dead Cells. So Dead Cells has been a very, very highly regarded title that came out. It's sitting at an 89 right now. It's being called one of the best 2D kind of Metroidvania games in years. And uh, funny enough, I gave away a copy yesterday, but I haven't bought one for myself yet. So I'll be uh, definitely picking that up soon and playing it. Overcooked 2, really fun party game. Overcooked became very, very popular for couch co-op. Part 2 is out, sitting in an 83. Big addition here is that you can throw ingredients to uh, your teammates and uh, more complex levels and more kind of uh, lively in the game. And then uh, the Black Ops 4 beta is ongoing. So it's launched on PlayStation 4 last weekend. It's on Xbox and uh, all platforms this weekend. And, uh, you know, Bert and I touched on our playing of that at E3 pre prior. But uh, I know that's getting a lot of playtime as well. So those are the big releases. Let's start with uh, Bert. What are you playing right now? Yeah, so I'm I'm on my trip right now for another week, and I did bring my PlayStation 4, so I'm cleaning out the backlog there. I did finish Ratchet and Clank remake, Ratchet and Clank, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> and uh, that is a fantastic game. I, I played the original and the one on handheld, and then now I played this one. So I've played that game three times. It's fantastic. Currently almost done with Uncharted 2. Um, that game really gets pretty good towards the uh, middle to, and all the way through the end. 
Um, and then I'm going to be trying Near Automata for a third time to get through my first playthrough and see if that does anything. But um, <laughs> I did play the the Black Ops 4 beta last week, and I may try it again this weekend just to see you know, if it's grown on me or not. But I think that game is really going to divide the Call of Duty community pretty big. So that's it for me. What are you, what are you up to, Dan? Uh, I've been playing a lot of No Man's Sky, same as last week. Um, trying to, I got it for the Xbox even though I had it for the PS4. I just wanted to kind of see what my son bought it for me, which was cool. Um, and, it, you know, the graphics, as far as the comparison goes, they're pretty similar. There's not a huge, huge difference, um, but it's a fun game. Kind of takes your mind off of stuff. You just kind of go in and do whatever the hell you want. Um, I started We Happy Few yesterday uh, and Madden 19 yesterday. We Happy Few, I think... You know, when I first started playing it, it's very, it's weird. It's a really <laughs> weird, weird game. And I can't understand most of what they say because they've got really heavy British accents. And yes. It's, yeah, it's like, what in the hell did you just say? Oh, you're going over here to take a piss? Okay, that's fine. But why did you say it like that? Because I didn't understand <laughs> a damn word you said. Other than that, I'm really enjoying it. it I'm kind of liking it a little bit to like Bioshock where it's got a kind of a different just the atmosphere right now i mean it's not nearly as you know yet at that point at the point i'm at right now um on that level but you know we'll see i'm having fun with it uh madden 19 i always get the newest madden madden what do you think about the um, you noticing any difference in the animations of the the players yeah for sure you know what i i've played some of it and i'm used to playing a certain way um and it's a really the controls are different. I mean, they're the same, but it handles a lot different. Yeah. Um, so you can't do a lot of the things that you did before. So there's a little bit of a learning curve, even though I've been playing it since you know, well, forever. Um, so it, it's going to take a little bit of, you know, more patience and a little bit of uh, practice uh, to kind of get the the new. Uh, RPM, real player movement, or whatever the hell they call it, damn motion. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, it's it's great. It looks fantastic on the Xbox. Um, a lot of fun with that one. And then when I went to Colorado, I brought my Switch and I played the hell out of Octopath Traveler. And that nice. game, I mean, I don't even know what to say about it. I wouldn't think that like a a little JRPG that you know looks like it could have been made back in you know the nineties could really kind of grab my attention like it has. It is so good. So good. I mean, like like I said on Twitter, I said, you know, it's it's almost God of War good. But not comparing the two games because they're completely two different games, but the amount of fun I'm having with it, you know, I don't know if it's the nostalgia factor or what, but it is so much fun. Good story. The battle and the fighting, uh, not necessarily animations, but just the the way it works, the gameplay is just awesome. So much yeah, fun. Yeah, I need to put some more time into it for sure. Yeah, it was that. That's basically was my trip to Colorado when I wasn't falling out of a raft. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, for me, I have been, and we've talked about this a couple of podcasts now. Um, but I'm f actually finishing up Kingdom Come Deliverance. I've done like everything I want to do in the game. I'm right at the very end. I'll probably finish it for good today until I eventually kind of go back once some of the DLCs are out and, you know, some of the future content. 
Um, really love that game still. I think it's just great. So last week, uh, played a lot of NHL 19, played a ton of it actually um, while the beta was live and uh, wrote my impressions like I've done annually the past couple of years. Those are up on the site. Um, really, really good NHL game. It has the potential to be the best NHL game ever, in my opinion. And uh, the our RPM mechanics, we were just joking about a Madner in NHL, and they've made a huge difference in the movement of the players, how you play, uh, the checking. It's just, it's a ton of fun. Black Ops 4 Beta, I have it downloaded. I haven't played it yet. And last time I played it was at E3, so I'll see if I jump in. I may play a few matches just to play it at home and get a feel for it, but I'm not really big on uh, on Black Ops, uh, and I, I doubt I'm going to be playing that a lot later this fall, so I probably won't spend a lot of time on it. Can I ask but, you uh, some names? Is the, is the beta, uh, is it like the Battle Royale part, or is no, it just the multiplayer? Just okay. multiplayer. Yep, and they did add a new game mode this for this weekend. Um, I forget what it's called now. It's one of the new game modes they're adding for this year um, that wasn't live on the PS4 last weekend. So I may check that out just so I kind of get a feel for it, see what it's like. Um, and now I'm going to start We Happy Few today. Uh, I've been looking forward to that one for a long time. I actually bought it in game preview like a year and a half ago, played through it initially on the, you know, when it was just a experimental thing. So I'm looking forward to the campaign and checking that out. And I actually have the ce bundle for it it's called a time capsule coming i think it's getting delivered later this afternoon which is like all the collectibles and stuff from the game so depending on how much i like the game i don't know if i'm keeping that yet uh, i kind of want to see but if i do keep it maybe that'll be a future unboxing video we'll see so all right so let's move on to our main topic today and our main topic is actually uh, i think going to be a fun one and a uh, an interesting one and that is the games that we feel that every gamer should play in their lifetime. So this can be from any generation, uh, really thinking about the games that have evolved or revolutionized or changed gaming over the years and the impact they ha can have on people. Uh, if you were, you know, for instance, my younger son, 13, he's, I've had him play multiple generations and, and games, specific games, but there's certain games I think he should play just to experience. Just like if you're a movie buff, right? There's certain movies that people are gonna tell you should watch. Godfather, Citizen Kane, what have you. Uh, gaming's really no different nowadays. Gaming's been around for 40 plus years and there's certain titles that are just, you know, seminal titles that uh, we feel that every gamer should play. So what we're gonna do is we've each picked five and we think the overlap here so we'll just kind of talk through them quickly and uh give our reasons why we think you these titles need to be played so dan why don't you start us with one all right uh one of them that i picked was goldeneye for the n64 is that right yep Jeez, it's been so long all <laughs> right so um i actually never owned that console uh, my brother did and we bought that game i remember and one other one, and that is literally all we played, just together. Um, I know it wasn't the first first-person shooter. Uh, that's probably what Wolfenstein back in the mm -hmm. early '90s. Um, this one came out uh, '96, '97, something like that. Yep. And it was just that you know, couch co-op or not co-op really, but couch you know, one v one. What the hell was that? Split-screen multiplayer. Oh, yeah, the split-screen. But there was a the proximity mines. That was oh. all we did. We would get proximity mines and like we'd go into like rooms that, you know, dead ended somewhere. And like, you know, we knew what was coming. You know, we'd have like five or six of them on the inside of the door. And that guy would run through and just watch them. 
<laughs> that was more, you know, for me, that kind of started me on like, you know, the real multiplayer um, uh, aspect of games. Cause up to that point, it was really, for me, it was always just single player stuff. And, you know, I had so much fun playing that and, it, and everybody loves GoldenEye, you know, and it kind of, you know, it, it started that, that, that wave. So. Gotcha. Yeah. I think um, it's a definite classic and it's one of those that I'll never forget. I still own it, still own the copy I've had since they came out. Um, it's, it's one of those things for me that was right when uh, we were going to college uh, for freshman year, I think. And it, um, we would sit at night and half drunk, you know, just sitting in the dorm room with around a 19 inch CRT TV and four of us playing, you know, and we would just play for hours and hours and hours. So definitely one of those, uh, one of those titles that would be forever remembered. Bert, what do you got? Give us one. Yeah. So I'll give you one and I'm, I'm going to take a different route on it. And it's the, uh, I've had a number of people in my life that have come through that weren't really big gamers ever. And I've, when they became friends with me, you kind of have to just realize that I like games. And if you get into my hobbies and you'll try it out and they want to try things out. So the game that I always suggest first for people to try out if they want to get into gaming is any side scroller um, to kind of learn timing, learn how the levels work, learn level design in general. And the biggest one that is the perfect one for it is any Mario game. So my favorite Mario game that's a side scroller is Super Mario World on the Super Nintendo. Um, and that is great for teaching people kind of like the consequences of jumps and stuff like that. And then you move into Mario 64 and then Mario Galaxy 1 and 2. And then obviously where we are today with Mario Odyssey. So I think it's a really good test for people that gets them to kind of give their 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 thumbs as as Dan Dan talks about <laughs> uh, to kind of like learn how it works. So that's been a good starter for people. Another one that if you want to kind of get into with it from a side scroller perspective is the Rayman series from a modern take. They're they're fantastic for that. Yeah, funny enough, um, I told you we would have some overlap. So one of the ones I had on my list was Super Mario World. I know a lot of people would say. Um, you know, the original Super Mario on the NES or maybe even Super Mario 3, which some people argue is the best one. But for me, I think Super Mario World just took that polish to another level. The fact that it had the 16-bit was on the Super Nintendo, had a few more controls. Graphics are a little more colorful and stuff. I just think that's the one of the greatest of all time. And anytime I think about the greatest 2D games, uh, Super Mario World is one of the first ones that comes to mind. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Mario, I mean, even if you're not a gamer, it transcends gaming, you know, because everybody knows Super Mario Brothers. So for sure that you know, everybody should play that if they haven't already. Yeah, I, I, I was having this conversation with my son yesterday in the car and I said, I, I remember distinctly one time, it might have been in the late 80s or so, where they said that Mario worldwide was more recognizable than the U.S. president, um, which is just kind of hilarious to think about, you know. Awesome. It's also more recognizable than Mickey Mouse, which was kind of a big deal. I didn't even know that until... Wow. I came that's crazy yeah that is crazy i wonder how they measure that stuff that seems crazy um <clears throat> yeah for me so we we kind of went back in time uh, I'll, I'll bring us forward a little more i'm gonna throw bioshock up there the the first one um and the reason why is you know it is a first person kind of shooter right um it's got a lot of violence in it so it's maybe not for everyone but the reason i think that a gamer should play it is uh, is simple is that the narrative and the way the narrative is delivered it was the first game for me i think i'm trying to think of anything prior but the first game that really showed that you can have a story in a game that will take you through ups and downs and give you that uh, shocking ending 
as good as a movie or even better in times. And I think that it's just one of those games that everyone should experience from beginning to end because of how well it is designed and delivered um, to show you the experience that gaming can offer. Nice. No, that, yeah, it's one of my favorite games of all time. I mean, it's just so good in pretty much every sense. So, I mean, I'm right there with you. Everybody should play that damn game. <laughs> we'll play it right now. <laughs> Stop listening Stop. and go play. All right, Dan, give us another one. All right, I'm going to go with uh, Pac-Man. Because nice. Pac-Man. That one for me just like screams classic yes. games. Everybody knows Pac-Man. Maybe not as good as Mario. But, you know, wah, 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 whatever the hell the damn, you know. We were at, uh, I was telling you guys, we were at Colorado. Yeah, you like that? Sound effects. Free of charge. All right. So we were at Colorado. They had the original Miss Pac-Man, original Pac-Man game. And they actually they actually had a, it's a new one. It's basically Pac-Man, but it's a four-player Pac-Man where you all four of you are playing at the same time. And you're, you know, eating the dots, eating each other, which is weird to say. Uh, the ghosts, all that stuff. I mean, it, it's it's Pac-Man, man. I mean, everybody likes Pac-Man. You know, that that's that's at the arcade, you know, as from an arcade standpoint, that was the game to me that I think that started it. So Yeah, it was definitely the biggest arcade title of that era, without yeah. a doubt. Miss Pac-Man for sure. Mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> and it's right up there. I mean, we could go on forever, right? But you've got those classic arcade titles. Donkey Kong's another one. Yeah. Galaga. Um, Galaga, Centipede. Oh, There's yeah. just a certain probably 10 titles that will be remembered for all time. Uh, Bert, what do you got? Yeah, so my other one is another Nintendo franchise, and it's this the Zelda, <laughs> Zelda franchise. It's which, the Amiibo um, franchise. That's right. <laughs> uh, let me... Let me Uh-oh. Kind of the, the game that started the open world, I guess, idea of how it works. And then I think they did the open world third person over the shoulder the best from a home console perspective. And it's kind of evolved a lot. And so when you look at games today on different consoles, you know, everybody kind of jokes about and having a story along with it, having fetch quests, they did a great job with it. And I think once again, it's a good place to start, learn mechanics. And then as you get to where we are in the modern era, uh, people are a lot better at it because I think if you just jump into gaming today, you've never done it before. Gaming is really hard. So if you're a, a hardcore gamer and you're in the same room as someone that's playing games for the first time, it is extremely frustrating to watch people play. So uh, this is one of the games that I think starts. It's, it's charming. It's the same story over and over. Link always out to save Zelda from Ganon. So it's a classic. For sure. <laughs> so uh, just remind everyone who's listening that Bert is coming to us from Stockholm. So you broke up briefly there, Bert. So um, just want to make sure everyone, but we, we heard everything you said. It just kind of yes. cut it in and out a little bit. So um, let me throw out, uh, I'll go backwards again, then let's go to Pong. I know that may sound hilarious, um, but Pong is really what kind of kicked off this whole digital video game phenomenon we find ourselves in and love talking about. And, uh, you know, I was telling these guys that a couple years ago I went to a video game convention and they had all these new games and everything. And me and my buddy went to the classic section and they had the original um, Pong home system. And we sat there on this little black and white TV and probably played for like 20, 30 minutes straight just laughing our heads off. Because believe it or not, there's a lot more to moving the paddle with this little joystick, the sensitivity of it, than you'd realize. And so, uh, man, we just 
we had a blast playing that. And uh, I think it's good to understand the history of how we got where we are today. And Pong, um, just like Dan said with Pac-Man, is one of those uh, seminal, I keep saying seminal, but seminal titles that uh, will be forever remembered because of what it kind of ignited for the future. Uh, yeah, Pong was great. What the hell did I play it on? The Atari where they had the little... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah the little... Whatever I forget they what they call it. I still have yeah. some laying around. The paddle, uh, were they paddle joysticks? Yeah, there was something like that. A little tourney deal. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the, one of the first ones I ever played between that and Asteroids and Pitfall and all those awesome games that nobody will ever understand <laughs> how cool they were when you see stuff like now. But um, that was a great game. Yep. It really started everything to me. Yeah, exactly. It, it kind of kicked off that revolution, which led to the Atari 2600, which kind of blew everything up. So anyway, what? Uh, give us another one, Dan. All right. Let's go with uh, World of Warcraft. And back when it came out, I think it was like 04, uh, they, uh, I didn't know, I, you know, I, I've never been a huge multiplayer guy. I mean, I, I liked, you know, the idea of it. And uh, but as far as competitive stuff goes, but when that came out, it really kind of changed the MMO RPG genre. I mean, there was EverQuest before that, and uh, Ultima Online. Ultima Online, yeah, I actually yeah. played that. Yeah, yeah, there was there was there were several of them that you know. I think Ultima was really the one that kind of launched everything out. You know? Yeah, you know, and. I, I dabbled in those a little bit, but when WoW came out, it was just, man. I mean, it, it's one of the biggest games, if not the biggest MMO in the world, at least. And it's still going, you know, 14 years later, people have tens of thousands of hours into yeah. their character. It's insane to me. But it's also, while huge and a little bit overwhelming, it's really, really fun. Especially when you can, you know, do some raids with your friends I mean, if you know, I'm I'm trying to think of like a specific genre with these, you know, as a gamer. I mean, a lot of people will make fun of it. It's like, oh, you play WoW, oh yeah, whatever for the Alliance, for the Horde. It's really more than that. It's super in depth, you know, almost to the point where you're, you know, a little bit overwhelmed. But if you're a gamer, you should at least give it a try. You know, jump on there. You know, join the Alliance, join the Horde. I mean, it's 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 just fun. And it, you know, you could run it on a, you know, old Apple computer if you really wanted to. It's, it's, it's not really graphically demanding or anything like that. It's, it's, it's great. A little yeah. too great sometimes. I'm scared. Yeah, I'm scared to, to really get into it. But yeah, no, it's a great example. And I think that um, there was a comment uh, a couple months ago about uh, Grand Theft Auto Five being the uh, most bringing in the most revenue for any digital product of all time. And that was actually corrected to say that it's World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft has made more money than anything else in history from a digital entertainment perspective. When you account for the monthly subscription fees, mm -hmm. all the uh, various expansions and copies they've sold over the years. So um, surprised it, me. yeah, it really is one of those things that's just a cultural phenomenon. I mean, people have gotten married through the game and met through it and it's been around for 14 years, like you said, it's it's mm -hmm. uh, it's impressive. So, all right, Bert. So Bert dropped off a video, guys. So um, just to make sure we don't uh, kind of have the same technical issues we had a couple of weeks ago when we recorded, and he's obviously so far away, but he's still with us. Bert, what do you got for your next uh, title? 
Yeah, so my next one is more of a psychological experience for people, and it's Hellblade. So it initially launched on the PlayStation 4, um, picked it up. Uh, it's only digital, unfortunately. I wish they made a physical version of it or even a special edition of it, but it is absolutely amazing. It's got the best sound of any game that I've ever played before. Um, if you are playing in surround sound, whether headset or with the system, it's just amazing. The story's fantastic. It's extremely deep. Um, and you really kind of see the struggle of someone's soul um, and someone having, you know, some kind of a psychological uh, issue. Um, and it's a very, it kind of stays with you afterwards. Um, and I, I think I got that game and I played it straight through for three nights, just over and over. And I've even thought about playing it again on the uh, Xbox One just to kind of see the differences. But it's an experience that I think very few games offer these days. And it's just done so, so well. Yeah, uh, it's a good, it's a good point. It's, um, really modern game right i mean it only came out last year i actually wrote the review for the site for it and i, I agree with you wholeheartedly that it is incredibly unique the you have to play it with a headset or a good surround sound setup because it um it is staggering how well the sound design in that game is and it, it's not just to as i wrote right it's not just to listen to the game it actually plays a key part in the game and the experience you're having um, but it touching on <clears throat> mental health issues and the consultants they had in the game around the mental health issues. I've heard people say that, you know, their parents or their relatives have that same type of, uh, you know, conflict within them. And uh, it's, it's, it's an important game for sure. Yeah, I'll, it's, I'll it's multiple uh, disorder, uh, multiple personality disorders. I think it's, uh, or what is it actually? I think that is it. Um, can't remember now as I talk about it, but it's, it's done so well. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. Yeah, I would assume it's multiple whatever you just said because i just <laughs> i just went blank anyway i played it amazing game i mean just for all the uh the uh just for the story it tells like you guys said the sound design on it was top notch um i'm really really excited not only you know just to see what ninja theory can do now with you know microsoft's backing because they made a hell of a game no pun intended and it was it was an experience more than just playing. So, hell of a game, he says. Hell of a game. <laughs> hell blade of a game. <clears throat> All right, Dan, what's your next one? Oh, where was that? GTA 3. That game for the PS2, when I got it, that, I was done. Done. It was. I never played a game like that. Um, looking back on it now, you know, it's super dated. But at the time, you know, it had story, giant open world, running around, smashing and doing whatever the hell you wanted to do. I mean, there was it was almost I say it's limitless, but now, you know, there are games that have, you know, obviously, you know, even with four uh, Vice City was actually my favorite one out of the series. Um, but GTA three kind of changed my outlook anyway on video games. Um, and what they could actually uh, reach as far as their potential. Um, so much fun. And your yeah. guy never even talked the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Word the entire time. But it was, you know, that was you just causing the mayhem. See if you can get up to five stars, you know, and then maybe not die. It was good. It was a good game. Yeah, it was, it was revolutionary, I think, is the only word to use for it. It really was. It changed everything when it released. Um, in fact, you know, it, it brought video games like back into the spotlight of uh, the justice system as well, right? <laughs> there was court cases around the violence oh, yeah. and 
the you know ESRB ratings, and I mean it just it it changed everything um i think you're right it now it's dated right i it, obviously if you're going to play grand theft auto go play grand theft auto 5 um but <clears throat> at the time for sure all right uh i've got to put this one up one of my favorite games of all time and i think what like uh, similar to what i said about bioshock with just needing to understand how well video games can deliver narrative uh is last of us i think Last of Us, I, I honestly couldn't pick between Last of Us and Bioshock, uh, which I preferred from a narrative perspective, but I don't think I've ever been as attached to two characters in a video game um, as Joel and Ellie. I think the writing in it was definitely movie quality or better, you know, high-end movie. It left an impression on me that um, will just last forever. Uh, I, I love the characters in Joel and Ellie. I'm super excited for, for the second one. I just, you know, really hope they obviously do it justice. But I think, um, I think it just showed again that the way story can be delivered through games and the impact that you can have as the player, which is unique to gaming because you have no impact on movies or books, um, I think is what is one of the aspects that makes me love video games so much. And I think Last of Us did that better than any game before it. Yep, Last of Us is still probably my favorite game of all time. I've played it, gosh, four times maybe. Um, and when two comes out, I'll probably play multiple times again. So, just that good. Yeah, I, I just recently played it. You know, within the last three or four months, and you know, even though it came back or came out, you know, a little while ago, it's still. I mean, as far as from a narrative storytelling standpoint, it it was almost perfect. Like it, it didn't overstay its welcome it was you know concise and you know it kept everything together because a lot of times you know there wasn't like all these side quests and anything else it was really really focused and it was really really good and i wish i had played it a lot earlier than i did so. oh yeah that was their first time playing it yeah it was the first time. There, first time there seems to be a, a point in every episode dan where i feel like i need to ask you to leave <laughs> i think well, we've hit that had, point i never had the ps3 <laughs> Because I had yeah you know, the 360, uh -huh. I, and I I picked up the PS4 not even that long ago. It was about a year ago now. Um, so it was a lot of catching up. I got uh, you. as much as I could. Well, you played the better version of it. The remastered one on PS4 yeah. is really good, and it's even better if you have a pro. Um, in fact, I'm I was pretty surprised when I replayed it last year and wrote my article on it. Um, I was surprised at how beautiful it was. It really holds up. It really does. <clears throat> so. Okay, um, let me see. Where am I at here? So, you know, I've got to throw this one out there. I talk about the game all the time, and that is Witcher 3. Uh, the reason, not just because of how much I love it, there's a couple reasons here. Um, one is, you know, going back to what Dan said about Grand Theft Auto 3 and how open-world games have evolved over the past, what are we at now, 15, 20 years, really? I think Witcher 3, and I kind of had Red Dead Redemption in my mind as well, but I think Witcher 3 is the pinnacle of that. Maybe with Grand Theft Auto 5. Man, there's always more you can mention. But I think Witcher 3 demonstrated how well an open world can be designed. Um, no matter where you travel in that game, there's something unique to see. There are unique missions and things that you can do. There's stories that just kind of create themselves uh, as you kind of travel around the world. The writing and the cinematics in that game are almost untouched. It's just everything about that game is AAA through and through and through. Um, it has the most awards, Game of the Year awards, of any title of all time. 
And I think that's very well deserved. And uh, I just can't wait to see what these guys do with Cyberpunk because I think along with Red Dead Redemption 2, we've talked about it, it's going to blow us away. But I think if you're if you're looking at just games um, that everyone should play and experience all the way through and everything they have to offer, I think Witcher 3 is one of those games, especially with the DLC, when you look at... Um, you know how good that was too. Probably, I think it's the. I think the DLC, the Blood and Wine expansion, is the highest rated title of all time on Steam. Like even higher than Half Life Two. Um, so yeah, I just think uh, I think everyone should play it. I'll stop rambling now. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm with you. It's, it's it's the first open world game to where um, you know your decisions matter and things that happen in your world change as your decisions are made. So I think a lot of the games that are open world kind of struggle with that. You'll finish a mission and then. You'll go talk to Joe down the street, and he's the same mission that you had before. But in Witcher, talk to Jane, and Joe now is upset you talked to Jane. So, I mean, it's one of those things to where it's just amazing. Geralt is an amazing character, if not probably my top three characters of all time. So, it's uh, it's I'm with you 100% of the way. Which brings me to stealing one of your favorite games of all time. <laughs> so, uh, and this is more of a series, uh, but it's Halo. So, if you... Maybe you don't know Ains at all. Maybe you just look in this background right now. You might notice that he's a Halo fan. Do I have um, anything on me? Oh, I guess I always have something Halo around, yeah, don't I? You, you got your pops in the little corner there, and then you have like a, the Arbiter up in the top right. But um, So Halo <laughs> on the original Xbox, I think, is the GoldenEye for the next generation that happened after GoldenEye. So yep. it's the game that a lot of people played in college, a lot of people played in high school. Wherever you were, you were playing Halo. And it's also the game that launched multiplayer on the console world so obviously multiplayer was around in pc world but it, it launched it in the console world and it changed console gaming going forward it changed online services it changed how people played games not only online but at home so i think it's fantastic the story is fantastic chief is a extremely likable character he's kind of a I guess you call him almost a damaged character as well and you kind of sympathize with him throughout the entire game and all of the stories going forward I actually liked the last Halo story. Some people hated it. I liked it. Halo 5 is still my favorite story for Chief, even though some would argue 2, 3, and even 1 are better, but I love just the character. The you lore, say Halo 5 is your favorite Chief story? Halo 4, sorry. Halo oh, 4. okay. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Halo I was 4. like, you're, you're, you're setting a new bar there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's mainly because it's, it's of the relationship between him and Cortana. But... um. There's there's just so much in the Halo world. There's books, there's movies, there's uh, short movies of uh, short movies with short stories in an entire movie. It's just it's so big. It's so much more than just a game now. So it's it's very special for me as well. You know, one thing <clears throat> agree with everything you said, and one thing it also did on top of everything you said was it really brought uh, competitive esports gaming to the console world too. Uh, with Halo Three, that's where Major League Gaming really launched off, and uh, it's been been big ever since there was a little down period there but i'm with you halo 4 is my favorite campaign as well the chief story i think i don't know how they went from four to five and kind of screwed it up so badly so hope infinite corrects that um and don't forget that we have confirmation just this week we didn't talk about it actually but the halo tv series is coming to showtime in 2020 it's being produced now uh showtime has said that it is their biggest budget series it's going to be like you know uh, game of thrones type series but on showtime and that chief is going to be a character in the show so uh very very exciting for for fans like me mm. yeah i played halo <laughs> <laughs> 
So we're going to have multiple points in the show this this week where Dan's asked to leave. Um, no, no, all good, all good. We can. No, I love it. It was, yeah. I mean, I, I played, I played. You know what? I haven't played four. I have not played the one that you guys think is. See, here's oh, wow. the thing. I don't listen. I played one, two, and three, and then I don't know why I skipped four. I think I played like the first mission. I was like, this sucks, and then I. <laughs> I played five because it got enhanced. And I was like, I want to see what this looks like. And then I just kept playing it. Well, to be fair, really five and five enhanced is gorgeous. It's, it's gorgeous. It's really gorgeous. Yeah, that first scene where they're all jumping out of the whatever yeah, plane that they have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually physically hurting right now. Not, not, <laughs> not from the hangover, in case you couldn't tell, but the really comments that are coming through, I'm, I'm oh, hurting. Man, I'm dying. No. I really enjoy that. I played you know what I played a lot of is uh Halo Wars 2. Oh, Great okay. Game. Yeah. Yeah, love that game. So I like Halo. <laughs> there you go. All right. Let's uh we're we're getting to the end here. Let's close this out. I know you got one more title you wanted to touch on, Dan. Oh, Minecraft. That one, you know, for me, I don't play it. I when it first came out, I played a lot of it on the PC. Um a lot of it with my kids. Um, and that was more, you know, it, it's such, when it came out, I was like, what the hell is this crap? This is the worst looking game I've ever seen in my life. And then I started playing it. I'm like, damn it. I need more redstone. Damn it. I need to go, you know, and then you start getting into it and it's huge, huge, huge game. So many people play it. Um, I don't even know where they're at at this point, as far as, you know, I know they're supposed to be updating the graphics on it. But it's, yeah, it's, that, it's, it's a it's super just... duper graphics pack. It um, it actually got delayed. I actually read something yeah. from the developer uh, a couple weeks ago on that. So they they found that the engine, because Minecraft, remember, it's built on an old Java engine originally, mm -hmm. and uh, it couldn't support what they were trying to do large scale. So they're actually recoding the entire thing. Your lord, from scratch. Yeah. So that's why it's taking so long. But when it does come out, I'm sure it'll be really impressive. It's games like this, or like you know. Fortnite or WoW. Damn, or like that. we hadn't yeah. mentioned Fortnite all episode. You just I'm did sorry. it. I'm bad, <laughs> but they're—I mean—they—they're they, those cultural phenomenons that you know. But you know, like Fortnite, I would say you don't really have to play that. You know, as yeah, every gamer shouldn't have to play Fortnite because it's no. you can get that experience a lot of different places. And you know, with some of these other ones, you can too. But Minecraft, I mean, it's it's insane. I mean, it, it's it's just a fun game to play. Um, just to kind of take your mind off of stuff, you know, it's, it's almost like a, I, I don't know, like a survival game. You can do that mode. You know, it's me and my kids had a really good time playing it together. Yeah. I think that's why, you know, it kind of came up on my list because, you know, it, 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 for older, younger you know, audiences, anybody can play it. It's yeah. not very hard. No, I agree with you completely. I played it with my kids. They played it endlessly. I think we own like eight copies of it on different platforms. Um, it's also very creative for kids. Uh, my yep. youngest son, we actually have the software where you can code and build your own things in Minecraft. So like he, uh, he coded his own um, skins for his weapons and stuff. So it's really neat. It's, it's a great learning tool and it's really good for uh, development in that regard too. It's also worth mentioning that it is officially the greatest selling game of all time. Um, I, I think it's in the 150 million copy range now. So. It's uh, yeah, it's just one of those games that endures. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, Bert, I know is not the biggest Minecraft fan, 
But uh, Bert, why don't you bring us around here? I think I've covered my titles. I know you've got one more you wanted to touch on. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Minecraft fan, and it's just because I just don't get it. <laughs> but, you know, to each their own. Uh, it's just that, that that's my I don't get it game from this generation. But um, maybe that in Fortnite, funny enough. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> but uh, my last game that is uh, just important to me is the Uncharted series. Um, I think it's because it's the game that brings out kind of the Indiana Jones in gaming, because that's kind of what he's based on. Great stories, great comedic effect, uh, just great fun experience that you can get out of a single player experience. And um, I think all of them are some of my favorite games of all time. It's actually why I'm playing them again. And even the latest one I like quite a bit. So if you haven't played games before, this one might be a good introdu an introduction um, just because you get a little bit of everything from gaming in it. And some of them are challenging if you up the difficulty and kind of enjoy it that way. So that's it for me. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Nathan Drake, fantastic character. As you said, he's really got that Indiana Jones feel. And uh, the games are well-written. Uh, as you mentioned, I think, on our last episode, which we never aired because the issues is that Uncharted 1 is rough, right? It's it's a little tough to get into nowadays. But once you get to 2 and 3 and, you know, the newer ones, they're just really, really well-polished and uh, fantastic games. So, well, that was fun, guys. I like talking through those titles. Um, I... We certainly didn't make a clean list here, did we? But we probably talked about some of the most important titles of all time. So that was that was good. All right, why don't we wrap up with some of our uh, smaller sections we always love talking about. So um, collectibles, I know, uh, Bert, you wanted to talk about these real quick, but because of your location and everything, you can't really show it. So did you just kind of want to mention and, uh, mention where they can find the pictures of these? Yeah, I'll show it, but I'll also show the picture here um, if you're watching on video. So obviously, if you're listening on it, you won't know it. But um, there's some prints that I ordered, funny enough, back in January of uh, Shadow of Colossus. And they are uh, purchased on I Am 8-Bit. Um, they're done by two different artists. One's Mark Engelbert, and I can't remember the other one, uh, the other artist. But um, funny enough, I, I got one of them framed already. It does kind of a weird dimension frame, and it's uh, it's the main character from Shadow Colossus riding a horse with all of the colossi, I guess you call them, um, <laughs> in the background. And it's just extremely high quality. I'm glad I, it finally came through. There was actually an issue with the first run. They didn't print right, so we had to, everybody that ordered them had to wait again for the second run. Um, to get rebatched and, and finally sent out. But I got two of them. I got one um, that's that, and then the other one has the main character on top of probably the most well-known Colossus in the game. So uh, they're just amazing. I definitely suggest going for them. If you have the money, they're a little pricey. They're about $85 a pop. And then when you add shipping and everything, they come, they come close to about 100 bucks. So get them if you can. If you can't, then just enjoy the art, take a look at it. Um, but they have to be in your hands to appreciate the detail and the, the vibrance of the color that comes out of each one of the prints. So I just love them to death. Yeah, that's really cool. You know, I'm a big collector of prints, if you couldn't tell. And, um, you know, I'm not a big Shadow of the Colossus fan. But when you told me you were ordering them, I think they're really, really well done. And it's really famous uh, artists that did the artwork as, as well, as you said. So really cool. Um, mine is a very, very serious collectible that I've been waiting years for, uh, finally got recently, and that is some cereal. <laughs> <laughs> 
more of a joke thing than anything, but here is Cuphead cereal, believe it or not. Cuphead and Mugman cereal uh, from Funko. It has a little pop figure in it. I have not opened the box, and I probably don't plan to. Dan was much smarter than me and said, well, why the hell didn't you just buy two boxes so you could eat one and get the pop out of it and then keep one unopened? And uh, I wish I would have thought of that when I was at the store. So I'll hopefully try and go back and get another box. But I thought this was just kind of cool from a collectible standpoint to see that they actually made this. And uh, yeah, kind of hilarious. Nice. So we talked a lot about our classic games and games we think everyone should play. So did you pick each pick one out to kind of just reflect on uh, personally this week? Um, Dan, you want to yeah. tell us yours for season reflections? I'm gonna, it wasn't on my list. It, it, it was close, though. It was Tetris because and this this is more of a personal thing. When when this first came out, I had it for the Game Boy, the original Game Boy. And when I say some of these games kind of transcend, you know, the gaming industry, this is kind of one of those things. My mom and dad and myself and my brother would sit there and play this game on the Game Boy. And, it, you know, it's it's Tetris, man. There's not a whole lot to it. But my dad was so good at it, it, it blew my mind. Like, he would sit there, and he's like, nope, I got this. Nope, 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 And he'd sit there and play it and play it and play it. And that's kind of why, you know, it, it's on my reflection. It, you know, it, it brings back a lot of memories. Not only does it kind of transcend that, you know, gaming uh, area. I'm about to lose my speech here in a second. <laughs> but um, it, it was just a really fun game. Brought back a lot of good memories. Um, there was not a whole lot of games that we played you know, or my dad would actually play and sit down. You know, we, he used to take us to the arcade and he would actually sit down at like one of the sit down Galaga or Miss Pac-Man uh, arcades. And he would sit there and play and with like a stack of tokens or quarters. And we'd, uh, we knew exactly where he was and we'd run back, get a two couple of them. We'd run, you know, play another game, come back, get another one. And uh, <clears throat> this game was the one we could play at home and we just hand it off to each other and then, charge it inevitably and you know come back and okay i'm gonna beat your score okay i'm gonna beat your score <laughs> you know and that was one of my favorite games now this yeah, new I one think coming out i have no idea what the hell that is it's not tetris <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i think uh the most famous version of tetris is obviously the one on the game boy and i don't think the game boy sells as well as it does without tetris it yeah. It was another one of those games that just really took off. It was simple, but it was endlessly replayable. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I had it as well. I think uh, many of us did, and uh, a lot of fun. You don't remember Super Mario Land on the Game Boy? That one was good. Yeah, I remember <laughs> Super Mario Land on the Game Boy. No, I don't. What are you talking about? I played Tetris on the Game Boy and Mario Golf. That's all I <laughs> played the hell out of Mario Land. <laughs> Mario Golf, not Land. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, don't mind him, Bert. He still hasn't played Super Mario World, so we're not talking to him right now. Yeah. Or Halo 4. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> all right, moving on. Go ahead, Bert. Yeah, so mine is uh, mine's a little different. Uh, it goes back to the Super Nintendo time. Um, and mine would be uh, Secret of Evermore. So not many people played this game compared to Secret of Mana, but it was technically the follow-up. It was more of a spiritual successor. Um, I don't know what it was about the game. Maybe it was the world, maybe it was the characters, but I actually played it more than I did Secret of Mana, and I played the hell out of Secret of Mana. So I went back to it. Maybe it was the weapons or something, but um, you don't hear this one as much as you do Secret of Mana, but it is fantastic, and it's got cool box art as well. 
So I'll, it, it's showing right now in the video if you can see it. Other than that, check it out. Just go Super Nintendo Secret of Mana. It's really cool. Yeah, I don't. I, I remember the game vividly. I can picture the box art for it, but I don't think I played it. Um, if I do, I, I forget okay. that I did. Um, funny enough, I'm going to the Super Nintendo as well, and I don't have the copy here because I have the uh, original bundle with the Super Nintendo when it launched here in the U.S. with Super Mario World. So we kind of already touched on it in our games that every game gamer should play. Uh, Super Mario World, when I, I was a, Gen a Sega kid, as I mentioned before, and I had the Genesis, and when I saw the Super Nintendo, I think I rented the system, believe it or not, before I owned it, and I rented it with Super Mario World from Blockbuster. And I remember playing it just all weekend, nonstop. Uh, and it just, again, it blew me away. It just, it took all those mechanics that you loved about the 8-bit Marios, added more to it, more colorful graphics, and the game was loaded with secrets, too. There were all sudden different paths you can run through um, and unlock in the world. It had that overworld, which was just, uh, you know, I loved it. So I think one of the most uh, um, uh, important games of all time, as we talked about. Nice. All right. <laughs> nice. All right. Let's go ahead and close this episode out. Hopefully this one will actually get delivered to you and not canceled like our last one. A um, couple things I'm going to mention real quick, guys. Uh, I, my NHL impressions I already mentioned are up on the site. Uh, I kind of cover the whole uh, EASHL like I always do, but the new world of Chell, they call it. Um, kind of a really weird name. But that is what it is. Those are up if you want to read those. I'm going to start We Happy Few today, and I plan on uh, having my impressions of those up by next weekend. So I'll put some time into it this week and then um, you know, let you know what I think next week on that. Uh, if you didn't or weren't aware, um, our YouTube channel, we're promoting kind of more, getting more videos up. And um, Bert's most recent video is on the Dreamcast Pound adapter. So being able to use, you know, kind of uh, HDMI level graphics with the Dreamcast. So check that out if you haven't yet. And then uh, you can't really see it because the mic, let me move my mic real quick. But uh, I have played for Extra Life earlier this year. I think I talked about it. I played in the PUBG Extra Life event. And uh, that's why they sent me the shirt, actually, because I raised over $500 for Extra Life. I really want to hit $1,000 for the year. Um, so what I'm going to do is, and this is probably suicidal, but I'm going to stream myself playing Cuphead on Expert uh, to finish the remaining bosses that I haven't beat on Expert to get the 1,000 out of 1,000 on the game. I have every achievement in the game except finishing off the remaining bosses on Expert. I think there's... 28 bosses in the game if i recall and i finished maybe eight of them on expert so far so it's going to be a long night um but that's what i plan on doing so i'll put the dates and times up for that on the site my 40th birthday is in a few weeks so i'm going to kind of do it as a celebratory thing uh that weekend so i think that's labor day weekend actually so uh stay tuned for that uh guys anything you want to mention bert anything yeah, I got a couple things coming as well. So um, with F1 2018 coming around, there's a lot of comparisons that I want to kind of do from a, a Gran Turismo to a Forza to a, um, I guess, F1 comparison, because now there is F1 cars and Gran Turismo. So kind of sharing the differences between them and what you kind of get out of each one. That'll be a video and a article written as well. So if you're more of a reader, you should be able to see some of that on our site. And then as you kind of have heard the last few bitcasts, I've been playing a lot of remasters and remakes, writing an article on number one, what's the difference between a remake and a remaster? And then what are the top five best ones this generation to kind of check out? Because this generation seems to have a lot of saturation with remakes and remasters from, gosh, I think every console maker at the current time. So kind of pointing out which ones we like the best. So 
those are right around the corner before the end of August for you to check out. Excellent. Dan, where, where can we find you? Uh, right here. <laughs> and then on occasion on Xbox. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Perfect ending to the episode. So as always, guys, we're usually, uh, if you want to talk with us on games, we're usually doing that on Twitter. Um, Dan Rodriguez, Ainsley Bowden, Bert Sines. Also on Twitter. What did I say? No. I'm on Twitter, too. No, that's what I was saying. You can find all of us on Twitter. No, he's doing he's doing his awkward thing. Oh my god. Oh man. Anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. Yes, I think we're gonna close on that. So we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening as always. Oh man.